Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. We were all terribly shocked on Thursday evening when we found out that Prime Minister Brian Mulroney had passed away. And we've talked to a lot of people about uh, the Prime Minister. And I'm really pleased to be able to speak with our next guest, who I've known for many years. John Tory is the former mayor of Toronto, of course, and was a volunteer advisor to Mr. Mulroney, including traveling to Washington to meet Ronald Reagan at the White House with the Prime Minister. John, good to have you with us. Uh, how are you? Roy, I'm fine. And how are you? More importantly, you good? Yeah, I'm good. Doing well. Excellent. Yeah. Glad to hear. Glad to hear your voice. It's been a long time. Yes, it has. Can you just uh, bring us up to date on your relationship, the relationship that developed between you and the Prime Minister? Well, it went back a long way because when he first ran for the leadership of the PC Party of Canada in 1976, and I was the president of the Young Conservatives at the time, and I don't know what made me look at this guy who was, you know, some people thought was presumptuous that he was a lawyer from Montreal, very successful but that he was going straight for the leadership, never been an MP, never run for public office. But I, it, it, the notion of Brian Mulroney and what he was about uh, appealed to me, and, and it went from there. He, went, he ran, of course, a second time and got the leadership in 1983. And then in the mid-'80s, uh, when he was prime minister, uh, I came to start to work very closely with him, always as a volunteer, uh, culminating in uh, us traveling together uh, through the 1988 pre-treat election. So we traveled for 60 days, and you get to know somebody pretty well when you're doing that. I was his, you know, key strategic advisor on the on the tour with him, and uh, we we remained friends after that election. He called me. I would talk to him two or three times a week, and just as a volunteer, just you know, batting things around, and he would call for advice or he'd call to if I could help him do something. And uh, so we became, he became a great mentor to me and, and a very close uh, friend. I uh, was reading your post to X or Twitter, whatever you prefer, and you wrote that he was controversial and bold. And you added that he had the courage to take on the controversial because Canada needed that. And I always had the sense that he really cared. We, uh, there's an underlying sense that this man really cares about this country. This is what drives him. He did. And you look, nobody's perfect. Uh, and he'd be the first one to say he wasn't either. But I'll give you the best example I can give. I used to go with him as part of the role that I played uh, with him to caucus meetings. And I had the privilege of actually being inside the caucus meetings. And I mean, I, I first of all, I got to see his performances in there, which were legendary. I mean, he'd go in each week with three clippings. And the two, two of the clippings would be something that the government had done that they were getting some praise for. And he'd remind them of that. The third one would always be some column somebody had written attacking him and the government, and he would then use that as an excuse to get into an unbelievable stem winder of a speech that would have them all giving him a standing ovation at the end. So whatever was going on, you know, they kind of overlooked it by the end of the caucus meeting, and that was a weekly thing that he never missed. But the story I was going to tell you is one of those caucus meetings, he went in and he said, we are going to do the GST. And it was something he believed in the interest of the company. I think even liberals now would agree as much as they said they'd do away with it, and as much as I know people listening still hate it. Um, if it hadn't been done, the state of our finances today would be way worse than they are. We would not have made it through the 28, uh, what is it, 2008, 2009, you know, financial crisis and all that. But he said to them right at the time, we're going to do this. And he said, I promise you, by the time we're done uh, implementing the GST, we'll be at single digits in the polls. And I went with him probably a year and a half later uh, to the same caucus. 
and I was reporting to them because what I was doing often was presentations on what polling said. We were in single digits. So his word had come true, but he didn't, it didn't stop him from moving ahead and just doing what he thought was necessary. And you remember, free trade was not universally popular. Oh, no. Um, you not know, at all. A lot of the things he did weren't, but he just did them because he believed that they were the right thing to do and that history would judge them accordingly. Please, John, share something with us about his relationship with uh, Ronald Reagan. You accompanied him to Washington and the White House. It, you know, it's interesting because he told me, we talked many times about his very first meeting with Ronald Reagan when he was the opposition leader. And, he, and usually he was granted a meeting with a sitting president and opposition leaders often aren't. And he said that in that meeting, Ronald Reagan had told him that he thought acid rain was caused by trees. And uh, this is kind of stuff was written up. I don't think people thought it was true. But he persuaded him on the basis of this a friendship they developed where they would talk back and forth all the time and he cultivated that relationship in ways that some people thought, like some people thought it was scandalous that he should stand on a stage and sing when Irish eyes are smiling with Ronald Reagan. They didn't understand Brian Mulroney and they didn't understand relationships very well because that kind of thing would have made it possible for, for him then to place many a phone call to Ronald Reagan or have a meeting with him and talk about things like acid rain. And he then kind of used that and I meant used it in a positive way to for example, he, he, he sort of planned it that we would take some of the Americans up to the north of Ontario, the, not the north, the mid-north, and look over, over the side of boats and see that the water was crystal clear, which it was. And it was crystal clear because it was dead. And they had to understand that the reason that water was so clear was because there was no life left in it because of pollution coming from the U.S. And he did all of that. Uh, same with apartheid. He took Margaret Thatcher and Ronald Reagan, not, no slouches, those two, and just worked and worked his personal relationship with them to persuade them that apartheid was wrong and that uh, the Canadian position, the Mulroney position, uh, was right, which is that this had to be done away with and you had to impose tougher and tougher sanctions to get it done. But he, so I've said well, in the interviews I've been doing about him that he used vision plus relationships and determination to get done the stuff he got done. He was just very determined to use the relationships, but they were an indispensable part of this. And he and Ronald Reagan, I mean, this was a man, Brian Rooney, uh, who eulogized two United States presidents at their funerals. Yeah. I mean, when has that ever happened before? And it just in the sense that they felt so strongly about how important he was to them that they asked him to speak at their funeral, both of them. Or their family did. John, there was an incident in uh, Brian Mulroney's public life that uh, really matters to me. And uh, because I got to know the, the other half of the story. And that was when uh, Joyce Milgard, David Milgard's mother, stopped the prime minister in a public setting and uh, said to him, look, my son has been in, uh, imprisoned for many years unjustly for a murder he did not commit. And the prime minister could have just dropped that and walked away, and he didn't. He started to investigate, asked people to look into it. And uh, over a period of years, David Milgard was found to be innocent of murder. He'd spent 23 years of his life in prison, imprisoned as a teenager. And Brian Mulrooney had not paid attention to Joyce Milgard, and I got to know Joyce and David quite well. David would have perhaps died in prison. And that but spoke I to me a lot about who who uh, Brian Mulroney was. And what what's, might speak to you even more is, Roy, is the fact that that happened over and over again with with much smaller matters. I mean, the reason that the caucus members hung in with him when the party dropped the single digits in the polls is because he would take things that they cared about and problems they were having or people in their constituencies and solve those problems quietly using the influence of the prime minister to do it. 
I mean, it was just the way he was. And you know, you've read the stories as the listeners have, I'm sure, of how the when you got if you got sick yourself or some relative of yours got sick or some other problem, you know, beset your family, the first person to phone you, you know, when he was the Prime Minister of Canada would have been Brian Mulroney. He somehow knew about these things, and then he would not only phone but say, "What can I do to help?" And this is just the way he was. He cared deeply about the country. And he cared deeply about people. And, 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 you know, when you're prime minister, you can avoid seeing Joyce Milgaard if you want to. Like, you know, you don't have to. But what Brian Mooney was saying, when I traveled with him those 60 days during the election, we were confronted by all kinds of protests about free trade. He actually wanted to talk to the people who were having the protests. And we would give him the option of saying, you could go in the back door of this hall or this hotel. And he'd say, no, I want to go in the front door because I actually wouldn't mind having an encounter if it was possible with these people. It's just the way he was. He really actually did care. And it sounds like a cliche, but he did care yeah. about people and he cared about the country deeply. I mean, the whole Nietzsche like thing, which you might have said, well, you know, why would you do that unless you really thought it was going to solve a problem and right. bring you know, go back into the Constitution, but he did it because he just believed it was his job to try to bring the country together, and that was uh, unsuccessful, but John, he believed he did it for all the right reasons. Thank you so much. It's the perfect way to end our weekend, speaking about the former Prime Minister. Thanks so much. Great to talk to you. Right, good to talk to you. Thanks so much. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.